In today's episode, what kind of mindset do you think that you would need to have to run 100 miles in under 30 hours? We're about to find out with today's interview, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here. Really happy to be here with you. And uh, Happy New Year. This is the first official episode of 2020. And when you hear today's interview, you'll understand why I saved this a couple of extra weeks to kind of kick the year off on the perfect note. Uh, speaking of notes, quick little note and quick little thank you to all the people that continue to send positive feedback in for my book, It Doesn't Matter What You're Selling. I really do appreciate that. And for those that were asking, yes, I do have a different book on a different topic. It's called The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And that also has been getting incredible feedback and incredible reviews. And just as It Doesn't Matter What You're Selling was intended to be something that is there for people that are overwhelmed with sales and marketing information, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to read was intended for precisely the same type of thing for people that are into the law of attraction and are overwhelming themselves with that kind of information and all the books and all the programs and really spending, wasting money that they shouldn't, where they instead should have a book or a resource that can just give them everything they need in just 200 pages. And that's really what I provide there. So thanks to those who have really already uh, gotten the book and given me positive feedback. Um, I'm going to leave that as actually as the episode's sponsor today on the main site. So feel free to check it out yourself on Amazon. It might just be your style. But with that said, we're going to dive straight into this interview. I'm going to switch mics right now, and we're going to start in with Mr. Nate Bailey. Okay, our next guest, Nate Bailey, is a natural leader and speaker who knows how to impact and reach his audience. He's also a coach, a podcast host, and a best-selling author. With three best-selling books under his belt, this forward-thinking entrepreneur has built multiple successful businesses in the insurance and real estate markets. And after selling his insurance agency to fulfill his dream of becoming a full-time coach, Nate is now stepping into the role that he's always dreamt of, and he's doing it with class and style. His philosophy is simple, live what you teach. And it's with that mindset that he pushes people to their maximum potential, constantly making room for their improvement as he first pushes himself one step beyond anywhere they need to go. Nate, I love that uh, philosophy of live what you teach. And thanks for so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Yeah, man, I, you bet. I appreciate it. Thank you ha for having me. So, Nate, I love that philosophy of yours, live what you teach. But I suspect personally that people hear that and they might understand it intellectually, but they don't really give it, give it a lot of deep thought. Uh, so I want to ask you more about that. Like when you say live what you teach, where in life and what areas do you take that in and, and how do you guide people with that philosophy? <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 it, I attempt to live it in all areas of life, right? Physically, spiritually, relationally, financially. Now, <clears throat> you know, there's always, I'm not perfect, just like no one else is. And uh, so it's, but it's, but it is like a mission of mine, especially as a coach, when people are paying you to help them to get to where they want to go in life, like something's not right for them. And I just don't want to be that person that sits up on stage or in, in our events and tells them to go live this way or do this or, or um, you know, utilize these skills and tool sets that we're giving them and then I'm not doing any of it, right? So I think right. that comes 
I don't know. I, I mean, I've had a great, a lot of great mentors in my life. I think it's just something that's kind of naturally ingrained in me, but also something that has definitely been modeled to me from, you know, whether it was my grandfather from a very young, early age to some, some key mentors that I had in high school through college to, you know, some that I've, you know, some of the experiences that I had inside the military, of course, as an officer, that's kind of like, that's just your responsibility as, as an officer inside of the military to, to be that example, to live at the highest standard um, for, for, for your troops, for the people that are, that are following you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, across the board for me, and, and again, you know, some, there's some, some areas and it's kind of probably ebbs and flows a little bit where I'm doing better and maybe physically in that area than I am sometimes relationally, uh, just like right now, right? My son comes in and I'm kind of frustrated, but the reality is, is it's, it's pretty awesome that I have a son that's, that feels willing to come in and interrupt me even when I tell them not to, cause they, they don't know any different. They're seven and you can, you can get upset at that and, and, uh, take it out on them or you can just love them and, and, uh, and love the fact that, that I have a seven year old that, that can come and do that. So, you know, yeah, just a prime example, right? Quick, quick point of reference for people listening. Uh, what you will not hear in the edit is uh, just as we were beginning, uh, Nate's son kind of hopped in and, yeah. you know, Nate kind of just like, you know, he, he tended to his son, but he brushed it off and just said, all right, now it's just time to, to get back to business. And I think that, that there really is a lot of value there just in the sense that, you know, living what you teach, it comes down to an authenticity and it comes down to people noticing when you're not doing it. And I imagine, you know, we didn't even get a chance to get that much into uh, your military background, but I know, you know, obviously you're taking things very seriously when you're talking about the military because people are putting their lives in each other's hands. And I know a big thing for you is all about, you know, a winning mindset. So I was curious about your thoughts, like what really goes into creating a winning mindset, regardless of what walk of life you're from, even if you don't have military experience? Yeah, I, you know, to create this winning mindset, the book, it's called 100 Mile Mindset, right? Because I ran 100 miles and, and uh, but, you know, for the reader, it's not everybody and most, most everybody doesn't want to run 100 miles and nor should they. But there's, there's that 100 mile challenge that you have inside of your life and, and that can be across any area. And it really comes down to just the little things that you do every single day that start to stack on top of each other. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you, if, if you start to create small wins in your life, those small wins turn into big results over time. And so um, it, that's what it's really all about is taking yourself from a place. And I get it because some people are in really, they're in really dark places, maybe because of environment, maybe because of some experiences that they've had in the past or recently that really throw you for your loop. And it really gets hard for you to, to move out of that. But the reality is no matter how hard it is, is, that movement is like the cure for that, right? And to create a, a winning mindset, a hundred mile mindset to, to build, to start to create that um, comes from movement and just doing little things every single day, even especially when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it is, it's tough for people. You know, there's lots of things that they'll hide behind, but, but being the power of your word, I think it really comes down to that. Like, especially to, to yourself, tell yourself you're gonna get up in the morning and you, and you don't, you know, a lot of people struggle with that, right? I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go work out. And then they hit the snooze button or they don't get up. And then that, and then they just continue to do that for some for year after year, after year, after year. And uh, it's those small little promises that you're breaking to yourself that are so instrumental in either, you know, keeping you where you're at or creating awesome results that you really want. So it's, you know, I, when I talk to Navy SEALs I, on my podcast, um, 
and, and through some different experiences that I've had, they, uh, they, I have this thought, and I think a lot of people have this thought of the Navy SEALs just being the elite of the most elite and dynamic skill sets and, and, and uh, you know, tactics. And, and, but what they will tell you is that they're just elite at the basics, like mm-hmm. the most mundane. They take all the simplest things in life and they just, they drill them until they can do them in their sleep, literally. But it really is just them mastering the basics. So I'll say it, and it's 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 been something that I've heard more than one of them say recently. And it's just like, man, wow, it's such a shift because it's so so powerful that we could all do that. We could all be become those Navy SEALs in in whatever area or industry we are in if we just simply master the basics. Yeah, you you said a lot of interesting things. Like the two main things I got out of that was well, you talk about. Uh, you know, the basics, the fundamentals. I think if you're superior at the fundamentals and you really focus on being, you know, level of mastery there, then all the other things kind of evolve on their own and you find yourself, you know, creating life hacks or business hacks or things like that because you understand the fundamentals so well. It's almost like your your brain gets a little bored and therefore creative and then all the, the cool stuff goes on. And the good news is because you understand the fundamentals so well, you're able to execute and implement, which I know nothing about the Navy SEALs, but from the outside looking in, that's what I notice about them. They implement, they actually get yeah. it done. Oh yeah. And um, that goes along the lines of the other thing that I noticed in your, in your answer about like motion, being in motion. And I think uh, some people, <clears throat> those that struggle, they, their biggest thing is that they don't always see the motion in a positive direction. They, you almost have to have a certain level of trust, especially when you're having a rough day or something goes wrong or, or whatever it might be. And I kind of think back to like when you're a little kid and you have the slingshot and you know, you pull the stone back on the rubber and it's the furthest, it kind of sounds cliche, but it's the furthest most point on the elastic before letting go and it fires straight forward. It doesn't do it when it's slightly back, but when it's like really yeah. stretched and it's, you've really built up a lot of, resistance and then therefore momentum and that's kind of like what i got out of your answer as as you were breaking that down for me and um i imagine one of the big things about that besides doubt is there there's fear that's in the in the mix and i'm curious you know based on your experience in life and and through the military what do you think is the best way to overcome fear and doubt when you're facing both of them yeah you know uh this is actually uh, i've been reading this book i don't know if you ever heard of the thick face uh black heart but I recommend it to people. And actually there's a, there's a chapter in there that talks about fear, but I mean, really, you know, there's a few things that you could do. Number one, you got to look it in the eye, right? Like you got to face your fear um, straight on. Otherwise it will just always be there and always hanging over you. So at some point you got to, you got to face it. Like whether it's, you know, there's, there's a fear of people going to, to speak in, in front of a crowd. And so what happens is this emotion, this fear overcomes them and uh, gets, makes them not want to do it. Uh, they start to think about all the things that could go wrong. Um, and you just get into this very dark place, which alternatively, or um, it, it makes you not, it paralyzes you, right? You, we talked about movement. <laughs> like the, the one thing that will overcome fear is, is to, to move through it. So, and another thing about fear is that just to realize that it's natural, that we all have fear and that you're never going to be without fear and, and you really shouldn't be without fear. It's like, it's just this thing that's ingrained in our DNA that from a very early time uh, that it's there to kind of help, help us survive as well. But um, 
you know, so there's, there's like this physical fear. Um, but the one thing that like, if you could get yourself to just like internally, just know that if you're coming from a, a good place, like, you know, if you're going to speak and you're going to, there's a reason you're going to speak. There's a reason that you've been asked to speak is because you have something of value to add. And, and so if you could come from a place of just looking inside, looking internally at, at the reasons of why, like you're, you're going to do something and just know that, that, uh, you know, whatever you've done in your life has prepared you for that. It's okay to have the thoughts and the feelings of fear because um, it's natural. And so mm-hmm. to look into it, to face it, to recognize it for what it is and, and know that it's okay to have some of that and to, you know, also just comes down to acting in spite of it. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love that. And I, it's kind of funny, you know, I hear your answer, you know, it's, it's in our DNA and I could not agree more. It's, I'm, I'm a huge fan and student of just like, you know, basic human psychology. And I've come to understand, which I imagine is the same for you is like, listen, back in the day, back when we were all in tribes and, you know, if you were ostracized from the group, like you were done. Yeah. You didn't have any help when that saber-toothed tiger was trying to eat you. You didn't have any help when you, like, if you got ostracized by the group, it was actually, like, a problem. Whereas now, it kind of sucks and it doesn't feel good, but you survive. Like, everything's all good. And I think we have yep. that built-in social anxiety and that fear, which to me is the worst kind of fear because it's the most useless fear in this day and age. Yeah. And I, I love your answer about, well, and I'm kind of interpreting what you say now, but it's kind of like a lot of times we fear because we're like, we're worried like what they're going to think of us where if you reverse it and you say no no how can i give value how can i take my gifts and share them in a way that's helping them then all of a sudden your focus is in a whole new direction and it kind yeah, of cancels totally. out any fear that you might be worrying about yeah yeah absolutely awesome i'm a master guest interpreter interpreter who do you think <laughs> um <laughs> so cool now i want to talk about the this this book the hundred mile run because um, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm just learning about it now. I imagine you, you set course where you ran a hundred miles in a certain, you know, defined and confined period of time. And was this about, uh, making a statement to yourself or, or taking on a physical challenge or a mental challenge or all of it? Like what was, what was your motivation behind beginning this and, and what did you do specifically? Yeah, it was a little bit of all of those. Uh, the 100 mile mindset came about, you know, when I decided to see if I could run 100 miles. And um, and a big part of that was, yeah, just to see like what I'm truly capable of. That's and it come and it also comes back to what we talked about earlier, like being the example, right? If I'm going to tell uh, our clients that they should go out and create outcomes and goals that matter that are significant. And uh, so that they can, because there's so much power in, in doing that and then creating a plan and actually doing the work required to, to get that, that it just overflows to all areas of life. And so if I'm not doing that, then, then how can I sit and tell somebody else to do it? And I'm also just like, a, I'm just truly amazed at what we are truly capable of as human beings, right? And mm-hmm. to see, you know, I remember the first time I read about someone running 100 miles, it was like probably in 2004, something like that. There was this article in Sports Illustrated. I remember reading it, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I could not, I could not imagine doing that myself. And here I am, to a place where I'm like, "Man, I wonder if I could do it." And so you set out on this journey, and I failed twice along the way. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much that I learned that was that that brought out the book was all the lessons that I learned along the way, failing and and what you learn about yourself, and all the time that you spend with with yourself, and 
And uh, cause there's a lot of times when you don't want to do it, when you want to quit, when, when people will tell you it's okay, right? You, hey, you ran 64 miles, you ran 74 miles. That's way more than I would ever do. Like, it's all right. Like, congratulations. You should be proud of that. But it wasn't what I said I would do. Right. And, and for too long, just like many others, I had been a person that would say they're going to do something and they would go 75% of the way and then just kind of be like, well, that's better than most people. So I guess that's all right. You know, that's enough mm. and not finish. And it's just, it's so damaging because it just, it spilled, that spills over into all other areas of your life. You start compromising in your relationships. If you're married or a parent, it spills over in business, you know, spiritually, wherever you're at inside of that part of your life. Um, it spills over into everything. And so, there's just so much power in actually going all the way and doing what you say you're going to do. You know, the people I've met, just the whole thing, um, all areas and being that example to others to see what I'm really truly capable of. Uh, because now it's like, I want to do more. And I just hired a coach. She, Lisa Smith Batchins, she ran the Badwater 135, which is one of the hardest Endurance, ultra endurance running events in the world. It's through Death Valley, Valley in the middle of the summer, like the hottest part of the year. Mm. And it's like, I mean, if you if you ever Google it, it's just it's brutal. And uh, yeah. she she not only did the 135, she did what they call the quad. She did it four times back to back to back to back. So here I am thinking like I'm cool. I've done a hundred mile race, which is pretty crazy. But there's like another level, right? There's this there's this person out here that's done the quad 135, which is way harder than anything that I've, I've done inside of the 100 mile mindset. So there's always more, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, well, how could I, you know, could I do that? Like, what would be required for me to do that? And it's, and it's really all about, you know, it all starts inside your head and within the, it's what I call the 100 mile mindset. Now, just so it's clear for the audience, like running those 100 miles, what kind of breaks were taken? Like, how much did you do at a time? Like, how does that play out? Yeah, so uh, when you run a hundred mile race, they, you have a time limit. So they give you, typically they'll give you 30 hours to finish. And if you don't oh, finish it within God. that 30 hours, then it, then it doesn't count. Then you, you ran a hundred miles in less than 30 hours. Yeah. So 29 hours is what I did mine in, which Holy I mean, shit. there are people out there that do it way faster than that. Right. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a bigger guy and, and, uh, and I'm brand new to this, but yeah, so I did it in 29 hours, just over 29 hours. Uh, I would take breaks. Yeah, you, you you stop every now and then to change some clothes, to get something to eat, maybe to rest for a little bit. Um, and I would take small little breaks. In right. the Pony Express 100, where I where I finished, it was probably every four or five miles. I would. It was just me and in a friend of mine, Jake McLeod. He he drove a truck for me, and so I had all my gear in there. So he would drive ahead like four miles and just be waiting for me, and then I would get there and get some more water. So self-supported race. Now, no one, no one sees you right now. They only hear your voice, but I can speak for them. I mean, you look like a pretty fit, healthy guy. Did you clear this with a doctor? Did, did you check yourself before you ran? Or did you just do this? Um, I didn't. No, I don't know. Maybe you should. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't do that. Yeah. Cool, cool. And, and I just wanted to go back to one thing because you're talking about like, you know, well, I did 75%. And I think you raised a really good point because it's kind of insidious. Because, you know, here you can say like, well, you're giving yourself a pep talk and you're being supportive and kind to yourself by saying, hey, great, you did 75%, but it, it comes in a mask. And sometimes you're being kind to yourself and sometimes you're giving yourself an excuse to hold yourself back and they look the same and sometimes they feel the same. 
So it's very important to be cognizant of what you're really doing and how you're really rationalizing something and whether it's really in service to you or not. Yeah, I think, you know, like you, that's a great point. They look the same. Sometimes they feel the same, but I really, you really just, when you just come down to like, what are your motives, right? Like question, you can get to a point of self-awareness where you're just questioning your motives. I mean, you'll know, you know, sometimes 75 it, it will be enough. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that for some people it's not. So for me, where I was at and what I was doing, like, I want, I was going to finish this, whether it took me 10 attempts. Now I would have preferred it take one, but it took right. me three, you know? So I would have been some less miles. I would have had to, had to run to, to do that. But I the lessons that I learned in the journey that, that it put me on, like I, I wouldn't trade that in. I'm glad it took me three, you know, now looking back. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because I, I mean, I wonder, I know it's called the hundred mile mindset. So obviously the mind is a huge part of it, but you know, looking at the, the parts of failure where you didn't make it through, what to you, if you remember, was the breaking point? Was it physical? Was it emotional? Was it mental? Was it a combination? Do you even remember the rationalization you were giving yourself at the end when you didn't make it that time? Yeah, the first time we just, yeah, again, going back to time caps, we, we missed the cutoff by like 10 minutes. Oh, we wow. We were actually, we had no idea. We were, I, I ran back out onto the course and, uh, and someone was like, Hey, <laughs> they're like, where are you going? They yelled out my number. I think it was like 65. They're like 65. And we're like, what? And I had a, I had a pacer with me. Like you could bring pacers with you out on the course for parts of it. And, uh, we both were like, what? And they're like, you're done. You missed it. And we're like, no, we thought we had enough time. Like we really did. We could have had and it's not like they hid the, the time cap from us, right? Like it was public knowledge. We just, details matter and we didn't. So that was the biggest lesson for me there. That was pretty disappointing because I was, I was ready to go. Did like, I thought thing. I was going to finish this thing, like yeah. honestly. And you basically and, uh, did, but you didn't according to the standards and therefore had to do it again. Yeah, which, so they, they wow. totally like you're done. And like, we can't let you go back out. And so, so I, that was it for the first time. Um, and then the second time, uh, about a month and a half later, I signed up for what was called the Burning River 100 in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, and I made it like 75.6 miles. That one, I went out by myself. Like I didn't have any help. Like most people in these races, they have a team of people that help support them. Mm -hmm. This one, I was just like, I'm going to go do this on my own because I didn't know anyone in Cleveland. And, and uh, you know, most people have better things to do than help someone run 100 miles. So I'm out there. And at that point, I was just like, I kind of hit this wall. It was a difficult course. It was a, a ton of like elevation. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was really hard. And I just kind of hit a wall and couldn't go anymore. Like I was going so slow. And right. so I made it 75.6 miles and was done. And at that point, like in the moment, I was like, I was telling myself, like, you're good. You don't need to do this anymore. Why are you doing this? Mm. So the biggest thing for me there was like, when your emotions are high, like they were there. Like, man, emotions are high. I did all this work. I traveled a little, uh, you know, money and time away from family. And, and uh, like, why am I doing this? Like, clarity is low, right? And at those moments, most people will quit. And most people do quit and decide and make decisions in those moments. And if you were to just give yourself a little time and some space, like give myself a day to kind of get back to the hotel, get some sleep, get some rest, kind of recalibrate and uh, re-energize re, re, uh, re a little bit. And then be like, all right, what do I really want? And, and at that point, it was just very clear, like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go finish this. But had I made the decision in the moment, like, I, I would not have finished it. I would have been like, screw this. So mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's important to give yourself space uh, in those times in your life. Because uh, we all say things in, in the heat of the moment that we wish we could have back or that we wouldn't have said, right? Or we all do things in the heat of the moment that we wish we could have back or that we, and so again, yeah. uh, emotions are high, clarity is low. Just remember that. You know, I, I hear that and I, I hear, it's so interesting to hear you say that because I agree 100%. And I think also that the door swings both ways. And what I mean by that is sometimes you're in the moment and you can't really make the right decision or, or even like the, the more empowered decision. But then it could be in reverse. Like me, sometimes I look back on certain jobs I've had. And when I was in the job, I just had my nose to the ground and I did it. And I did it well. But then within a month or even a year of leaving, I look back like, how the hell did I do that? But then yeah. by that same token, there's situations where you're in the middle that you're like, I can't do this. But if you give yourself a little perspective, you can kind of re-engage and go back. And I think, you know, if I'm hearing you right, it's almost like part of this is knowing yourself well enough to know which type of person you are or which type of person you are in which type of situation, because it might be different things for different events. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, there, there's times when you have to make the decision in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. For me, for, I didn't have to make the decision of whether I was going to run another 100 miles right at that moment, right? Like, I had plenty of time to figure, figure that out. Um, sometimes, like, you have to make the decision. And, that, and if that's the case, then don't beat yourself up over it in the future because like you, you're doing the best with what you have in that moment in time, right? Sometimes you do, you have to make a, a moment, uh, a critical decision when, when, uh, when tensions are high or emotions are high or, or a lot is on the line and you know, you just do the best with what you have at that moment. So, yeah. yeah. And with any luck, you kind of look back on challenges that you faced in the past and you try to anticipate your emotions and you try to anticipate the excuses you might tell yourself. And then you try to make a decision like, okay, well, is it a healthy choice to keep going? What are the things that can go right? What are the things that can go wrong? Really kind of like informing yourself beforehand if possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome, awesome. So I want to ask you, I imagine this is a really important piece. Um, you know, you've spoken before about, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, how does that impact your life? And, and why are you like, why is that such a big piece to you that you want to impart to others? Yeah, it's, it's, it's critical that you surround yourself with the right people just because, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're not, like, if you get a bunch of people that aren't going the same direction as you, then it's going to be like, if, in, but yet you're still trying to uh, persevere and push through. <laughs> it's just way more difficult, right? Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, it's just, uh, it's, it's so much harder when, when all people are, are going uh, on the same boat in the same direction together, uh, it's so much smoother and easier. Not that you're gonna hit hit tough times or rough waters, but but uh, when you're all committed to a same vision or mission in same direction, it's just so much easier. I think that's this pretty easy concept to figure out, right? And so, yeah, I mean, surround yourself with people that will help you to achieve the goal that you have in mind, like a hundred mile race is, is a prime example. I had on the first one, I had, I had four people with me to help support me. And, uh, you know, so I, I didn't have to think as much, right. Which is just, it's just so much. now I can just focus on actually just the race at hand. Like I can just focus on the miles in front of me when I get to a checkpoint or an aid station is what they would call them. I knew they were going to be there with a chair. They were going to have some food. They're going to ask me what, what I need. They're going to get it for me. Like if, if I got blisters, like they help like take care of it for me. I didn't have to do it. I could just literally sit back 
rest and, and allow the team to help me because that's why they were there. They were all there for the same goal and mission was, which is to help me be successful in 100 miles. And so if I was successful, then really it was, they were successful too. Like, you know, I mean, we were all headed for that same thing. Um, and so it's just so important to have those people in place because it's so much harder. It's so much more difficult. You know, we hear, you'll hear stories all the time of maybe a professional athlete that, that had this big dream to, to play in the NFL or play in the NBA. And, and, but it was so hard because kids were telling, laughing at him and telling him that he was a joke and that he was never going to make it and bullied him. Or his parents were like, man, you never get, you're not worth anything. Right. And just continually. And yet for that person that just had it in their head that no, like you guys are all wrong. That's very rare. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus someone that was supported or taken under the wing of somebody that was like, Hey, yeah, you can absolutely do this. And like, let's, let's put the plan together to help you get there. Um, you know, I mean, it's just so powerful when you have that in place for you. In your There's life. a leverage there. And sometimes it's obvious where the benefit is and sometimes it isn't obvious, but, you know, stra- strategically speaking, you know, surround yourself with the right kind of people, things are going to go a lot better. And that's, you know, finances, relationships, health, whatever it is about you that you think you're lacking, put yourself around the people that are so far ahead that they're going to, even if you level up like, you know, three spaces and you want to go 10, I mean, you're, you're closer than you were. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about this all day, right? I mean, that's why I'm a coach now is because I, I didn't really realize there was this world out there uh, called coaching, right? Where you could invest in people, they could help you to get where you wanted to go. But that's just where it was for me. Five years ago, I was in this dark place and I was like, man, it's gotta be a different way. Came across uh, this coach that was living the life that I wanted to live, incredible marketer. And, and uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this guy a significant amount of money so that he can help me get to where I want to be in life. But you did. I went to work on myself as well, but I surrounded myself with others that were living the life that I wanted to live. And mm-hmm. then that helped just speed up that process for me to get there. Cause there's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So exactly. um, you gotta, you gotta find those answers somewhere, but in order to do that, you have to be open too, right. That's, that's another tough thing for people to do. I love it. So, you know, now that you're, you're in this space of coaching and we, we could talk about that for a few hours also, I'm sure yeah, there's right. so many stories you have. I'm curious, you know, looking back even on your life, maybe a you of 15 years ago, what's the one piece of advice that you, if you could go back and give that advice to that younger version of yourself, what would it be? Yeah, it's perfect. This one's been coming up too quite a bit as I've been on a few other podcasts recently is, uh, you know, that's right around the time that I got back from deployment, um, 2019, I got back in 2006. So yeah, almost, almost 15 years ago. And, uh, I would have told myself back then, like, it's not, uh, it's not all about you, man. Like (laughs) you gotta, Hmm. you know, talk about surrounding yourself with others. You could be surrounded by others that are love you and are there to help you and, and want to be on that journey with you. And some people um, maybe aren't mature enough to, or aware enough to realize it and uh, they can sabotage it, right? And that's almost what I did. And so to come back from deployment, very entitled, feel like you missed out on a lot. I think there's a lot of people that resonate with that, 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 have, that were on a deployment, right? Mm-hmm. And we're gone, I was gone for 15 months and, uh, and I was careless and reckless and really just worried about myself. So, you know, just, you know, it's not all about us. It's actually life is most rewarding and best when, when the focus is all about everyone else. Cause we all know that, you know, when we do that, it, it comes back to us 
you know, tenfold. So. Love it. Love it. Now, um, I'm sure people hearing, I mean, here you got a book called The 100 Mile Mindset, and you've obviously got the stories and insights to back it up. Someone might be interested in, in taking you on as a coach or really connecting with you and learning more about you. What's the best way they can do that? Where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. The best way really would be just to go get a free copy of my book because in doing so, um, you know, opt in with your email and then you'll get on my list and I, I communicate with my list. I try to give as much value uh, there as well. It's not just me selling people a bunch of programs. It's, it's just communicating the message and adding value. So you can go get the free audio book at 100milemindset.com and then you'll get on my list and you'll get into my world that way. I think that's great. I love that you did an audio book. I think it becomes a very, especially for people that are busy, even people like me that, that like to just read, read the words instead. I yeah. think it's a wonderfully convenient and, and really great option. So um, you just said the link there and I'm going to put it in the show notes also. I think I highly recommend people check that out. Also, you've got a pot podcast. Um, remind me the name of that one. Yeah, Championship Leadership. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. I had you on not that long ago. I have, a, I have a lot of incredible guests on there as well. And you know, you can check out my website, NateBaileySpeaks.com, which will have all that info as well. Perfect. I will throw all these links out. And uh, guys, I mean, I, I encourage you all to check these out, but especially above all else, uh, Nate is hooking you up with a free book and never mistake free for, for the value you get. Sometimes, yeah, totally. uh, sometimes people sneak in a lot of magic and if you're not cognizant that it's being there, you, you miss it entirely. So mm -hmm. uh, based on my conversations with Nate, even before today, I highly recommend that you check that out. Um, Nate, thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks for sharing your insight. I, thanks for sharing your story about the, this 100 mile run, which I think is incredible. I didn't realize before we spoke that it's under 30 hours. Yeah. So I am personally uh, highly impressed. So thank you so much for sharing your insights, my friend. Appreciate it, man. No, thank you. Thank you again, Nate Bailey, for that awesome interview and that wonderful insight. Uh, guys, hoping you really enjoyed this episode. As always, if you've not done so already, please go ahead, hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you thought of this interview. Let me know what you thought of the content overall. Let me know what you would like to hear about in the future. And trust me when I say I've already got some really awesome stuff lined up for you in the weeks ahead. So you definitely will not want to miss that. But in the meantime, this is another episode in the can. So you guys have yourselves a kick-ass day, a kick-ass week, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.